Matthew chapter 5 is where we're at. We're going to continue our study through the Beatitudes. Uh, We're going to the next one, which is going to be verse 7. I'm going to go ahead uh, like we've done each week, and I'll read the entire uh, passage. Verse 2. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Father, we, uh, we ask today, Lord, that you would teach us what it means to be merciful, God, because we, we desperately want to be blessed. God, we want to be the fortunate. We want to know that good things are coming into our lives from you. And so, Lord, I, I pray that you would make us merciful. God, there's no doubt in our minds, Lord, we, we know you've been merciful to us. And, God, I pray that we would so value and treasure that mercy that we would want to live that way to others. Father, please uh, be with us as we, as we study and think and pray and, and, and consider your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. I think uh, at the beginning of the service you guys watched a video about that. Wasn't that a good video? I really like that. Uh, I think it uh, very well reflects some of the guys in our church here, and uh, so I thought that was good. Um, but if nothing else, you, if you're married, you figured out tomorrow is Valentine's Day, okay? And that is a public service announcement for you, so that you, uh, you, it's just for your benefit, okay? That's all we can do for you, okay? We've done our part. You know it's tomorrow. You have 24 hours. Uh, if you blow it, it's on your own deal. You know, you you, you got to take the initiative from here to make that deal work. And so that's, that's all we can do for you. But anyway, I was thinking about what I was going to preach. I was thinking about um, preaching on, on, on marriage. I actually kind of had something I had in mind about that. And I was going to preach on marriage, preach on maybe relationships or love, something like that. Um, but the more I started thinking about that and the more I, I thought about the next beatitude, you know, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. The more I just settled on, man, this, this is the message for today. And let me, let me tell you why. Um, you know, I, I have a good marriage and uh, I think I'm above average on, you know, being a good spouse. You know, I say I think that, but here's the truth. Everybody thinks that. So it probably really doesn't mean anything at all for me to tell you that. You probably need to ask Emma, maybe. I, I don't know, but I've never, every, everybody always thinks, you know, they're, they're doing a great job. So probably, but anyway, I try hard. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I do try hard. I try to get up every morning. What can I do to my, to bless my wife? You know, how can, how can I meet her needs? How can I love her? You know, I, I really try to do that. But here, here's the reality. Uh, I still mess up a lot. Uh, and, and I don't know anybody in, in, in a close, intimate relationship, whether it's a marriage or whether it's your kids or, or just friendships that wouldn't say that same thing. I mean, that's just part really about, about living closely with other people is that we do mess up. We do, we do say the wrong thing sometimes. We do have the wrong attitude sometimes. And we do, you know, I mean, we just do, we, we, we mess up and, and here's the beauty of today. You know what I really need? You know, you know, the greatest Valentine's present, uh, would be for, 
for me from my wife, which I'm really sad. Our, our youngest is very ill, and so she's not here to hear this today, but uh, maybe I can get her to listen to it online. But what, what I really love is mercy, you know? I mean, mercy is a great gift in a relationship. Uh, mercy is, is one of those things that really makes a, a marriage work well over the long haul is when you've got two people that, that are readily giving mercy to one another, readily, you know, handing that out in generous doses. Man, that's a beautiful thing. And it really, it really makes for a beautiful relationship for there to be lots of mercy given. You know, as we go through the Beatitudes, I think one of the things that's going to going to discourage some of you is that I I think in in many of our American minds, we have what it means to be blessed is a clean and sterile life. Okay. What I mean by that is I think a lot of folks, when they think of, you know, what does it mean to be the fortunate ones? What does it mean to be happy, truly happy, you know, truly have the good things of life? I think what a lot of people think of is what that means is I keep everybody out at about 100 yards, you know? I just build this, this, this rock wall around my life with some razor wire on top of it, and, you know, just stretch it out about 100 yards and nobody gets into my life unless they go through the gate, unless I open up the gate for them, you know? And if they misbehave, if they make a mess while they're in my space, then they're out. They're out of the gate, they're out of the wall, and I'm just going to keep my life like that. And there, there's a lot of Americans who live that way. I mean, that, that, that's the way they live. They want to keep everybody out of their life. Anybody that's going to make a mess, anybody that's going to make, make problems for them, anybody that's going to be offensive, anybody that's going to be trouble, anybody that's going to be, be frustrating or irritating, they want to keep them out of their life. Well, I, I just want you to see that Jesus has a very different picture of what it means to be blessed. You know, throughout this series, it's been upside down, isn't it? Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. The people that know, man, I am spiritually bankrupt before God. And I'm a beggar. I got to put myself in, 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 in the posture of a beggar, of someone who's needy, saying, God, I need what you have to give. Blessed are those who mourn. Those who know their sin, they know they're broken. And they come to God saying, God, you need to fix me. You, you, I'm repenting of, of my sin. Blessed are those who, who are meek. You know, blessed are the ones who, who are willing to receive adversity and difficulty and struggles in their life and just let them roll off of them and on to God, trusting that God will act in their life, that he will, he will do what needs to be done at the right time in the right way. Blessed are those who, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know, blessed are those who have a deep hunger that say, I want more. I want more than what I have of God. And now today, blessed are the merciful. Now, now, that really turns things upside down if you, if you want a clean and sterile life with no messes. Because you know what? The only people who need mercy, the only time when mercy is needed, the only time when you got to give mercy is when there's a mess. Okay? So if your life has no messes in it, then you're going to be real hard being blessed because you can't give much mercy. But, but, but the merciful, mercy is called for when there is a mess in your life. Now, it could just be a mess in somebody else's life. You know, life gets messy. People are messy. They make trouble for themselves. They, 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 they make their life hard and difficulty and they make choices that, that really, really make things a struggle. That's true. And then people make a mess in your life. You know, they do things to you that offend you and hurt you and they fail you and they let you down. And, and all of those things are true. And here's what Jesus is saying. Blessed are the people who don't, don't push everybody out of their life that's messy. But blessed are the people who say, okay, I know you're messy. I know you've made a mess. I know you're going to hurt me, but I'm going to give you mercy. I'm going to be a person who distributes mercy freely in my life. 
I'm going to be a person that doesn't write people out of my life. I'm going to be a person that doesn't ignore people, ignore difficult situations. But I'm going to be a person who gives mercy. Let me, let me spend some time defining mercy for you. I've got a definition that I want us to look at a couple different parables. But here's my definition of mercy. Mercy is a heart of kindness toward the struggles of others. A heart of forgiveness toward the offenses of others. And a heart of patience toward the quirks and irritations of others. So three things there. A heart of kindness toward the struggles of others. A heart of forgiveness toward the offenses of others. And a heart of patience toward the quirks and irritations of others. You know, kind of what I'd look at, this is, this is a picture that I have in my mind. It's kind of holding back the switch, okay? You know what a switch is, right? If you don't know what a switch is, that's probably why you're such a mess. It's because you never learned that early on in life. Okay, but you know what a switch is, right? And, and, and you know, there's a lot of times where, where you, you have the right and opportunity to give somebody the switch, don't you? You know, they've messed up. They messed their life up and they, they, they messed up in your life and, and they've offended you and they failed you and, and, and they, they, they've sinned against you. And, and what they deserve is they deserve a harsh word or they deserve a, a cold shoulder. That happens in marriage a lot. You know, somebody will legitimately say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, not say the right thing, not do the right thing. And, you know, and the other one says, you know what? You're in the freezer. You know, your timeout starts right now. You know, three days, click, you know, here you go. You're getting the cold shoulder. You know, I'm pulling away from you. And, and mercy is holding back on the switch. You know, it's saying, I know you deserve that, but I'm not going to give that to you. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to make you suffer the consequences of your own sin. I mean, that, that, that's the beauty of mercy. Now, I want you to consider a couple different passages of Scripture. Because I think mercy is a hard thing for people to get their heads around, exactly how it works, and balancing mercy and justice. And so, I, I think these two par- parables really uh, define mercy well. The first one is in Luke 10. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there, Luke 10. It's a a parable you're familiar with. It's the Good Samaritan, okay? If I'll just review that parable with you right quick. Uh, Basically, there's a guy traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. Uh, He's by himself. He gets ambushed. He gets mugged. There's there's a mob, a a group of thugs, robbers. And then they they beat him almost to death to the point where he can't get up. He can't get back on the road. He's lying in the ditch. He's bleeding. Uh, He maybe has a concussion. Uh, Maybe his arm is severed. I, I don't know. This guy's in bad shape, okay, to the point where he can't help himself, all right? One guy walks by. He's a priest. He walks by and he sees this mess in the ditch. And what he does is he goes to the other side of the road, you know, and gets by quickly because that's a really ugly mess. That who, who wants to be a part of that? Another guy walks by. He's a Levite. And he sees this guy. And by the way, this guy's a Jew, Jewish guy. Okay? So this, this is, this is in, from Jerusalem to Jericho. He sees him over there. He don't want to get involved in that mess. So he goes to the other side and walks on by. And then here comes a Samaritan. Now, the Samaritan, if you know, Samaritans, Jews, don't, they don't get along. They don't go to dinner together. They don't go to pizza together. They're not on the same bowling team. They don't go to church together they're not in the same small group together they don't like each other okay and so this guy comes by but something different happens here okay and the bible calls it mercy down in in verse 36 he says which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers and he said the one who showed him mercy okay mercy so we know that what this guy does is a picture of biblical mercy and so let's look at what he does well the first thing that happens is uh um, verse 33, but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. Okay. So this guy's in need. He's in need. Okay. He's got, he's got a problem. He's, he's got a mess. He, you know, he didn't cause the mess, did he? You know, not, now, you know, I know that there's some people that are always quick to point the finger at, at other people who have a mess. Have you noticed that? Even if it's not their fault. 
You know, someone has a wreck, and you always got the guy that's like, well, they shouldn't have been driving late at night. You know, they shouldn't have been driving on them tires. They shouldn't have been driving that old piece of junk. You know, they, they shouldn't have been driving at all. You know, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be driving all the time. You know, I mean, there's always, you know, there's, there's somebody's always, you know, the blamer, okay? But really, we don't, we don't know anything about this guy, and from what we can see, it wasn't his fault, you know? Um, for a reason, he's, he's in a mess. And, and these two guys, they're, they're not a part of each other's mess. The one guy, the Samaritan, just comes, comes upon him and he sees there's a mess, okay? Just like you might walk into church one day and you might see somebody that has a mess in their life, you know? You might go to work tomorrow and you might walk in and you're, you're punching the time clock and you see a guy that you work with there and you can tell he's a mess. You can tell he's got a mess in his life. He's got a mess in his marriage. He's got a mess with his kids or he's got a mess in his personal life or he's got a mess in his finances. He just, you walk in to a mess. That, that's the situation here. And notice the first thing that happens with the Samaritan that did not happen with the other two is that he feels compassion. Okay. Now what you're going to see here is that compassion and mercy always go hand in hand. If you don't have compassion, you're not going to be merciful. Okay. Compassion is the thing that happens on the inside of you that spurs mercy on the outside of you. Okay. The way I would describe compassion is it's an unsettledness inside of us that says, you know what? I'm, I'm not, I'm not okay with things being like they are. That's what compassion is. Compassion is when inside of you, you feel such unrest about this mess that you're not willing to leave it alone. Okay? You know, think about it in the terms of of your house, okay? In my house, there's times where I walk by a mess, and there's times where it stirs up in me enough to act, and there's other times where it doesn't, you know? Uh, There's times, you know, I walk by, and there's a Cheeto on the floor, and it just depends on, you know, what's happening. Inside of me, I may just kick it, you know, or inside of me, I may be moved to actually get a broom and, and clean up the mess, okay? In the same way, you're walking through your life, okay, and you see someone with a mess, okay? What happens on the inside of you? Compassion is that thing inside of you that says, you know what, I can't leave that alone. You know what, I, I hurt for that person. And, and I'm upset that it's that way. And I hurt that they're in that situation. And, and what's going on inside of me is going to move me to mercy. Okay? Now, mercy is the action part of compassion. Okay? Compassion is what goes on inside. Mercy is what happens from compassion. Notice what happens here. He feels compassion. And so verse 34, he went to, to him and he bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Now, we, we got to get a picture of this in our mind. When you beat somebody up to the point that they can't get up anymore, that's not a pretty picture, okay? I don't know if you've ever seen that in your life, but it's really, it's not pretty, okay? And so as you picture this guy in the ditch, he's probably bleeding pretty bad. He may have vomited. He may have a concussion. He may, he may not be able to, to talk without slurring. I mean, it's just a mess, okay? And this guy's traveling from, from Jerusalem to Jericho. He's on a trip. He's going to convention. He's going somewhere for his work. If he's like you all, whenever you go to Oklahoma City, what do you do? You put on your, your nicer stuff, right? He's got his new Eddie Bauer jeans and the shirt his wife bought him that he hadn't wore yet, you know? He's, he's going there. And now, you know what he finds himself in? Mercy brings him into the ditch. And now he's got blood on his jeans. And he, his life has got messy because of this mess. And what you got to understand about mercy is it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get messy. It just is. If you're going to live out mercy in your life and in the people's lives around you, it's going to get a little messy. It's going to mess up your life. It just has to. Notice what happens in verse 34, at the end of verse 34. It says, He went to him, he bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Now, now what does it mean that this guy is riding on his animal? You know what that means? He's not riding on his animal, okay? And 
mercy's going to do that. Mercy's going to demand some kind of, of, of giving on your part. Some kind of, of sacrificing your own comfort and your own resources and investing in the life of somebody else. Notice what verse 35 says. It says, in the next day he took out two denarii. He's, he's expending money here. And he gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, I'll repay when I come back. He's coming back. What a beautiful picture of mercy and that mercy stays with the mess until it's cleaned up. Okay. You know what? You know what we like to do? We like to be the fly in, fly out kind of mercy. Okay. Uh, Wednesday was the day after the storm and I'd gone to Taco Mayo, eat with some guys, and I was coming back, I dropped a guy off, and I was going down Texas Street, and there was somebody who couldn't get out of their drive. They were stuck, they were spinning, they had a little kid trying to help them, the little kid was in the car, and they were trying to push it out, and they just couldn't get out. So I pulled in there, and I had a big shovel in the back of my van, I got out, and I, about 10 minutes, I scooped that lady out. You know, I scooped all, all the snow out of her driveway, she had a clear path, and, and I jumped back in. It was 10 minutes. Okay, 10 minutes, and here's what I was able to do, you know. No problem, man, ma'am, I'm, I'm Pastor Jason from Lincoln Avenue. Hope you come to church sometime, and there I went, okay. You see, we love, don't we? We love doing stuff like that. You know why? Didn't take much of us, did it? You know, we were able to come in, meet a need, 10 minutes, it's done, she's out, I'm on my way. Those are clean. Most of mercy's not like that. Most of mercy is pretty messy. And it's going to take a while. Most of the messes in people's lives aren't, aren't, aren't cleaned up in 10 minutes with a snow shovel. It takes a little bit. It takes an investment on your part into their lives. That's one picture of mercy, okay? So you got that in your head? Sometimes, you know, and, and, and I divide these two parables in, in these two ways. Sometimes they need us. Somebody needs us. Okay, that, that's what that parable was. That's when we show mercies when someone needs us. Matthew 18 is the second parable I want you to turn to. This one is not somebody needs you. This is somebody owes you. Okay? Now, some of you, you're going to be fine with someone needs me. Okay? You, you're going to be fine with that. You're going to come in. There's going to be a mess. And you're going to give your, 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 your resources. You're going to give your time. You're going, to, you're going to expend yourself to meet that need in that person's life, okay? You may have more trouble with this one, okay? This one is someone owes me, okay? I want to start you out in Matthew chapter 18, verse 33. This is kind of the summary of the parable. This occurs at the end of the parable. Here's what it says. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you, Okay? This is at the end of the parable. And so what, what this clues us into is that this parable is about one person who showed mercy and another person who did not show mercy. Okay? So, so, so that's what the parable is about. Now let's go back up and talk about the parable. Well, at the beginning of the parable, it starts up in verse 23. Uh, there's a king and he is settling accounts with his servants. And he comes upon one servant who owes him 10,000 talents. Okay? Now, one of the things you need to know about 10,000 talents is it's more money than you will ever make in a lifetime. Okay? Uh, if, you, if you put that in today's currency, we're talking millions of billions of dollars. Okay? We're talking a lot, a lot of money. Like the amount of money that a government collects in taxes, that was 10,000 talents okay this is a lot of money especially for that day and age okay now how did this guy get himself in that kind of mess you know how, how do you how do you find yourself in a mess where you owe ten thousand talents where you owe a billion dollars and you're 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 a servant okay well there's only two ways number one you did something really stupid or number two you did something really sinful right 
I mean, that, that, you know, if you come to me and you say, Pastor Jason, I make, you know, I make $50,000 a year and uh, I have a note at the bank that I owe $10 million. I'm going to say, you're in trouble, okay? You're in trouble. If you get a great wage and you, wage and you double your salary and you work all your life and you, you're still in trouble, you know? You, you're not going to pay that back. You know, when you put interest on that, you, you've made a huge mess. And I don't know how you got in that mess, but it was either you were really stupid or number two, you were really sinful. Okay, that's the kind of situation we're looking at here. This, this guy has done something that's got himself into a horrible mess and he cannot pay what he owes. Okay, he can't pay what he owes. The king says it's time to pay. It's time to settle up. He can't pay. And so he's going to have to experience the consequences of his mistake, of his mess here. Okay. Verse 25 says, since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had that payment might be made. He's going to lose everything. That's the consequences. Now, now stop right here. And I I just want to ask some things. I'm going to do this a couple times throughout this parable. I'm going to ask you, what kind of person are you? Okay. You see, there's, there's some, there's some type of people that say, yeah, he, he owes that. He owes that. And I demand that he pay it. And you don't feel any pity at all toward him. You know, that he's got himself in this mess that he can't get out of. Okay? Are you that type of person? Well, fortunately, the king is not that kind of person. Because look, look what happens here. Look what happens. Verse 26, a servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I'll pay you everything. And verse 27 says, out of pity. Out of pity. What happens? The king feels pity. Okay? Pity is the same word as compassion. It's the same Greek word. Okay? So, so what we saw in Luke 10 with the Good Samaritan, that's exactly what happens with the king. He looks down at this guy who owes him, who's made a mess, who, who, who's, who's wronged him. And he says, I feel pity on you. This would be the same thing as when someone offends you. Someone says something hurtful to you. Someone does something that, 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 that harms you financially or it harms your family. And, and they're, they're, they got caught and they're going to suffer the consequences This would be you looking at them, having to suffer the consequences of what they've done to you, and you feeling pity on them. You say, man, I'm just, I'm not okay with you having to suffer like you're going to have to suffer. That's what happens here with the king. He feels pity on him, okay? He, the master has pity on him. He has compassion on him. Remember what happens with pity? What happens with compassion? Compassion always leads to mercy. And so, so notice what happens in verse 28. It says, but... No, it's not 28, I'm sorry, 27. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. That's mercy, okay? That's mercy. He forgives the debt. He says, you you know, these consequences are on your life. They're on you, and I am taking them away. I am acting in such a way that relieves the consequences of your sin, okay? Picture mercy. Now, there's two pictures here in this parable, though. Notice what happens in verse 28. Same guy that just got forgiven all that big debt, who just was showed this incredible load of mercy. He walks out of that palace and he goes downstairs and he goes out into the street and he finds one of his fellow servants. Look what happens. Verse 28. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Now, what you got to know about a hundred denarii is it's, it's hardly any money compared to 10,000 talents. Okay. If we're talking about a million dollars in our currency, we're talking about 20 bucks. Okay. A hundred denarii would be Hardly anything, okay? So it was him a hundred denarii. And it says, And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. 
So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and he went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. That's interesting, isn't it? This guy's just been showed a boatload of mercy and yet he walks out and the first guy that does him wrong, the first guy that owes him, what does he do? He goes straight for his throat and he chokes him. And he feels no pity upon him whatsoever. He wants him to pay the last cent. His attitude is, look, you crossed me. And you offended me. And you owe me. And the right thing is for you to, you to either pay that back or you're going to pay the consequences. And he grabs him, literally, it says he choked him, grabbed him by the throat. And he takes him to jail and he puts him in there. And he says, you're going to pay up everything. Until things are right. Now it's interesting that as the parable progresses, the Bible is very clear. That's not mercy. Okay? Let me read verse 33 again. Should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? Now it's not that the guy didn't know him the hundred denarii. He did. It's not that he shouldn't have paid. He should have. The point being made here is that you just got, you just got showed An incredible amount of mercy, and yet you don't show any mercy at all in your life. There's something wrong with that. Let me ask you this. Why why don't people show mercy? You really need to be honest with yourself today. I think that's really helpful for your own spiritual life. And if you're one of those people, someone does you wrong, man, the next time you walk into church... You're not speaking. You're not being nice. You're, you're showing, they're going to pay, by golly. And you're going to make it clear. Whether it's your, your spouse or your kid or, or your church family. You're going to make it clear that you're on the outs and you're going to pay. And you're going to pay until I decide that you're done paying. If that's you, I want to ask you this. If you're a born-again believer... Why do you act that way? I think there's four reasons, okay? Let's, go, let's walk through four reasons why there may be an unmerciful person here, okay? Four reasons. Number one, you haven't received the mercy of God, okay? I really think that, that the thrust of Matthew 18 is a picture of somebody who hasn't come to grips that, that God has dumped mercy on you, Okay? I think the picture here is of someone who, who hasn't come to grips that God is a merciful God, that God is a God of mercy, that, that you stand in mercy. Friends, let me tell you the truth about myself. I, I would be in hell right now were it not for the mercy of God. That's what's true about me. I, I've got nothing to give God. I've got nothing to offer Him. I've got no good works. I've got, I'm not done more good things than I have bad things. I mean, that's not true. I, I deserve to be in hell. And I know that. And you probably know that, don't you? I mean, you you know that about yourself. If we believe the Bible, that's what the Bible says. The only way that we stand, the only way that we can be righteous, the only way that we can go to heaven is by the mercy of God. It's by God having pity upon us, by God having compassion upon our situation and saying, they're going to have to spend an eternity in hell suffering the consequences of their sin. I'm going to take that away by my grace and by my mercy and by Jesus Christ's death on the cross. 
And friends, if that's a reality to us, if it's vivid, if it's clear in our minds that God is a God of mercy and that we stand in mercy, then why wouldn't we want to be merciful? You know, we, we sing about it. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. We, we pray it. We say it. We affirm it. That mercy is a glorious thing. That our God is a merciful God. I think of, I think of Exodus chapter 34. Verse 6, where, where God is passing by Moses, and here's, what he, here's how he reveals himself. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed. This is what God proclaims about himself. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. You know, friends, do, 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 we, stay, do we stay here at Lincoln Avenue? And I think we do. God, we, we believe your mercy is awesome. You, you're incredible. You, your mercy is beautiful. We love it. How silly is this for, to walk out and say, but I don't want to be merciful. How, how silly is that to say, God, you are incredible because of your mercy, but I'm not being merciful. God, I thank you so much for your mercy, but I'm not being merciful. God, I stand and the only reason I, I live and the only reason I'm in grace today is because of your mercy, but I'm not being merciful. Something wrong there, isn't there? There's something wrong with a child that looks nothing like their father. That, that's odd, isn't it? That has no characteristics of the father. And, and here's what the Bible would say. The Bible would say that if we have received grace from God, if we've experienced, if that's been our experience of God, we ought to show grace. And if our experience of God is, is that he's poured his love into our hearts, we ought to be loving. And if our experience of God is that he has forgiven us of all of our sins, we ought to be forgiving. And if our experience of God is that we've received mercy, we ought to give mercy. Let me read you some scriptures. Luke 6, 36. Be merciful even as your father is merciful. Matthew 5, 44. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be sons of your father. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 says, be imitators of God and walk in love as Christ has loved us and gave himself for us. Ephesians 4, 32 says, be kind to one another and tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God as Christ has forgiven you. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 says, bearing with one another and, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. Do you see the pattern in all those? It's like, be this way because God has been that way to you. That's what you've seen in God. That's what you've experienced in God. You know, there's times where our kids will say something or they'll, they'll, they'll come up and they'll do something and him and I look at each other and say, all right, they didn't learn that here. You know, they didn't learn that here. Well, what's the deal with that? They, they've been hanging around with somebody else, you know, and, and, and it's not always bad things, you know. I mean, if, if they come in and you know, Addie comes in and she starts talking about, you know, horses and, you know, this kind of horse and, and this type of horse and you got to do this. You know, we're like, all right, she must have been spending time with, with Peggy and John, you know, because, I don't know, you know, there's no horses at our house, you know, and we don't know anything about horses. So it's clear they've been, they, they got that from somebody else. Okay. If, if you, if you, if you walk through your life and you're grabbing people by the neck and making them pay and there's no mercy and there's no grace and there's no forgiveness and there's no pity. You know what? You've been spending time with somebody else because you didn't get that from your father. That's not what you've got from him, is it? No. That's why we're here is because we, we've been given mercy. That's why we sing. That's why we have a Bible. That's why we love the word of God is because we've been given mercy. And so we ought to be people of mercy. Number two, I think people are sometimes not merciful 
because they value justice over mercy, okay? They, they, have, a, they have an un, unnatural value for justice over mercy. And, and folks, we don't really want that. We don't really want that. Is that really what we want? You know, there are people that are like, you know what? I think people ought to pay. And I think if you mess up, you ought to pay. Really? Is that really what you want? <laughs> Do we really want that? I have heard people say before, well, I want things to be fair. Do we really want fair? Fair is we all go to hell. I'm for mercy. I, here's one vote for mercy. Okay, you want fair? All right, but I'm voting for mercy. Jesus said that the measure you give out to others will be the measure that you're measured by. That's a scary verse, by the way. It's Matthew 7, 1. If you want to look it up. I think some people, though, I, I think where it comes from, and, 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 I, and I get this, is that we're, we're afraid that if we give mercy, that we're going to encourage sin. Don't you think that's, that's where that comes from? You know, but here's, here's what I believe. I don't believe mercy and justice are like at odds with one another. You know, in fact, I believe God is merciful while never encouraging sin. True? Does God do that? He does. We've, we're, we're, we're witnesses of that. God gives us an incredible load of mercy, but yet not, he does not encourage our sin. In fact, he, he helps us not to sin. And so here's what I believe. I believe it's possible to provide food for the person who's made bad choices in their life, but yet do it in a way that does not encourage more bad choices. I think it's possible to speak kindly to the person who has spoke harshly to you, but yet do it in a way that does not encourage their sin. I think it's possible to befriend the person who, who's pushed everyone else out of their life, but to do it in a way that speaks truth to that person. So that they begin to live differently with others. I think it's possible to give money to somebody who has squandered all of their money. But yet do it in a way that encourages them to be responsible and not irresponsible. I think that's possible. God does that for us. So why can't we do that for others? So I don't think mercy and justice have to be at odds with one another. Number three, I think sometimes we're we're, we're not merciful because we simply lack compassion. I think sometimes we, we go through our life and we simply, we see a mess and we, we simply don't respond on the inside with that uncomfortableness that says, man, I'm not okay with that staying that way. Now, now why, why do we lack compassion? Here's my theory on that. I think sometimes we're just too caught up in our own deal. I think sometimes we're like, you know what? I got to be here at this time and here at this time and here at this time. And you know what? We've got to get this done and this done and this done. And we, I don't have time for anybody else's mess. And I think we squelch the compassion out of our life. And number four, and I, I got this one from John Piper. I'd never seen this before, but man, when he said it, I, I was like, yeah, that's true. He said, many times we're not merciful because we are consumed with small things. Let, let, let me show you. Here, here's the verse that he references. Matthew 23, 23 and 24. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat. That's really small. Then you swallow a camel. Camel's really big. Now, what's his point there? His point, some people use that to say that, that verse to say that Jesus was not for tithing. I, I don't know. You've got to really stretch yourself to interpret that. I, I, I think 
I think tithing is a biblical New Testament principle. I think you've got to give a portion of your income to the mission of God. I think that's true. What Jesus was saying, though, he's, he's looking at these Pharisees. He's like, all right, guys, in this one area of your life, you're so hyper-focused on this that, that when you grow 10 pickles in your garden, you, you, you bring one of them to the church, you know, and put it in the offering plate, I guess. I, I don't know how that works, but, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're tithing out of their garden spices. And at the same time, there's nothing wrong with it, but at the same time, they're neglecting things like justice and mercy. And man, when I thought about that, I thought, wow. Because I was thinking about times in my life where I've been unmerciful. Almost all of them were when I was really hyper-focused on a small thing. It, it, I'm embarrassed of this, but I, I've, I've been unmerciful to my children. I've been ungracious to them probably more times than not over this one issue. Something wasn't picked up or cleaned that they were supposed to pick up and clean. Now, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have picked it up. If you're supposed to take out the trash, then you take out the trash, you know? You don't wait until there's a river of life flowing from it, you know? I mean, don't do that. That's, that's your responsibility, okay? But listen, listen. I, I, can, I, can, I can enforce that and be merciful, can't I? But there's been times where, man, I, I'm harsh and, and I drill down and I've, I've belittled and I've scolded and I've been way too harsh. And it's because I was, I was concerned with a small thing. How many of you ever had the biggest fight in your family on the way to church in the minivan because you were five minutes late? Now, I think you should be on time. I'm not, you see what I'm saying? I'm not saying that. But, but listen. That's a small thing. And sometimes our lives are consumed with these small things. And we miss the big thing. All right, let's finish. Here's what Jesus says. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Now, please don't think that what that means is if you're merciful to other people, that Jesus is guaranteeing they'll be merciful to you. Okay? Did you hear me? Don't think that. Because you know what? You live in a sinful world. That... That might be true. I think that tends to help. But you know what? You may show mercy to somebody and the next week they come back and drill down on you. Sorry, that's sin. Here's what is true. When you show mercy to other people, you know what you, you, know what you tell God? You say, God, I love mercy and I want your mercy. But when you are unmerciful to other people, you know what you tell God? God, I don't value mercy. I don't think it's beautiful. I don't think it's good. I don't like it. I don't want it. You're saying, well, I would never tell God that I don't want mercy. What, what exactly are you telling him? You know, when you got somebody else in your life and they cross the line a little bit and you're right over there with the switch, whack, you know, and then, then just for measure so you don't do it again, another whack, you know, and then go ahead and push him over back over the line. What, what exactly are you telling God? God's watching that. Did you know that? How you live with your kids and how you live with your spouse and how you live with your neighbors. God's watching that. So what exactly are you telling God? You know what you're telling him? I don't value mercy, God. I don't think it's a beautiful thing. I don't think it's a noble thing. I don't, I don't think it's a valuable thing. I'm not going to give it at all. Well, what are you telling him? You know, I mean, if you go to McDonald's with a bunch of people and you, you get up on the chair and make this big speech about everybody needs to buy their own, 
Nobody, nobody's buying anybody's. That's a bunch of nonsense. If you come to McDonald's, you got to buy your own meal. You make that big speech. Hey, next week when you go to McDonald's again, don't expect anybody to buy your meal. All right. I mean, really? I mean, what did, I, I mean, what did you just tell them? You told them you didn't want them to. I mean, you told them you thought that was stupid. Well, the same way. When someone offends you and you're right in there going for their throat, making them pay, what are you telling God? I think you're telling them you don't want mercy. I want mercy. I want it in salvation. But you know what? I want it. I want it the rest of my life. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us draw near to the throne of grace that we might find mercy in our time of need. Let's draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Here's what I know about my life. I'm going to have messes in the future. Some of them are just going to be not my fault. Some of them are going to be my fault. I want to be able to go to a good God and say, God, please give me mercy. Please cover up my my mess. I don't deserve it. I haven't earned it. But God, I'm asking you. And you know what? God's, God's a merciful God. But what Jesus is saying there is that if you live your life making other people pay, I think that's going to hinder the mercy of God in your own life. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for just the unfathomable amount of mercy that you have poured into our lives. And Jesus, I pray that we would love that, God, that we would be so thankful, that we would be so overwhelmed that you have given such mercy. And that, God, we would be so in love with that, that we would want to be that, that we'd want to live that out, that we want to be like you. God, help us. Lord, help us to balance out that tough Tough balance between mercy and justice. God, help us to live that out in a way that honors you. I know it can be done, God, and we just need your help with that. In Jesus' name, amen.